you just stay standing while we open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to honour you. We want to honour the word of God. We want to thank you for drawing us together today. And Lord, I ask for your anointing to be upon me to bring your word. And also your anointing upon the ears that are hearing, that we can comprehend. And Lord, have your revelation. Because without you um, enlightening that word to our hearts, Lord, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't bring life. But Lord, we just thank you with your anointing. That word brings life today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I really want to come down there. Can I? Do it. Do it if you want. Thank you. I feel like a bird on a perch up here. So, but I will bring this over. So that for the online viewers can see that as well. Okay. I want to talk this morning about overcoming doubt and discouragement. Anyone been hit with a little doubt or discouragement lately? (laughs) I don't know if any of you ever turn on the news. I try not to make a habit of that. But um, there's plenty of discouragement in the headlines, that's for sure. Um, But you know what? God is good all the time. No matter what the headlines are, no matter what it says in the news, no matter what's happening in the world, God is good all the time because God never changes. His character never changes. He doesn't have a bad day. He doesn't get out of the wrong side of bed. He doesn't go to bed. (laughs) He never slumbers nor sleeps. Would you turn with me to Psalm 33, please. And we're going to look at a few psalms today. Um, Hands up if you've ever found the psalms a source of encouragement. (laughs) They're amazing. But uh, Psalm 33, and we're going to read verse 1 and then 4 to 5. So uh, just say, got it, if you've got it. Who's still looking? (laughs) All right, Psalm 33, verse 1. Rejoice. In the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. I'm going to jump down to verse 4 and 5. For the word of the Lord is right. Not right for you or right for me, but not right for someone else. The word of the Lord is right. Every time, without exception. And all... His work is done in truth. (sighs) The earth is so full of corrupt leaders and corrupt governments. When I read that, oh, it does my heart good. All his work is done in truth. That's why God writes everything for us in the word. He lays it out plainly. He's not having a secret agenda on the side. He is honest. He is true with us. He speaks truth. Everything he does is in truth. Verse 5, he loves righteousness and justice. Do you want to know what God's involved in? It will be righteous and it will be just. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Every time you see... um, 
a new crop coming through. It's the goodness of the Lord. Every time you see the sunrise, it's the goodness of the Lord. The earth is full of his goodness. Where does discouragement come from? I'm going to write something up here. Have you ever looked at that word discourage? Let's see if this pen's going to work for me. Oh, that's my name. All right. Dis <laughs> discourage, right? The dictionary definition of discourage is having lost confidence or enthusiasm, disheartened. It also means to deprive of courage, to discourage, to deprive of confidence. Has anyone ever had anyone tell them they can't do that? You're not good enough. You can't achieve that. To deprive of confidence, to dissuade or attempt to dissuade from doing something. Oh, I really discouraged her not to do that, not to take that. This is a, the tool that I believe the enemy is trying to use against God's people at the moment. Discouragement. Having lost confidence or enthusiasm. Disheartened. Anyone know the feeling of taking one step forward and three or four back? Right. To, to feel like you've been deprived of your courage. Something's come and just zapped all of your enthusiasm and courage away. I believe the Lord wants to encourage us today to be strong and courageous, full of courage in the Lord. You know, I was looking at uh, when Jeremy had on the screen... Um, you know, Africa, uh, for, for Africa, um, looking at some of those, like South Sudan, and, and looking at those leaders teaching people. And I'm thinking, do you know, those leaders are so brave because in those nations, if you're teaching and discipling, you run the risk of prison, you run the risk of torture, you run the risk of all sorts of persecution. But they're bravely and courageously putting their life on the line every day to tell one more person about Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to be filled with so much courage like that. I, I'm not facing prison, at least not today. <laughs> but I want to be brave and courageous. And I don't want to be disheartened. I don't want to be discouraged. Because when I'm discouraged, I lose my power. I'm flat. I'm not able to rise and to stand. So I want to be full of courage. I want to take us to the Gospel of John now, if you can flip over there, please, because we're going to have a look at a time when the disciples got very discouraged. They became disheartened, big time. In fact, they completely lost their way in the sense that, and I don't know if any of you have ever said this, I just don't know about anything anymore. Like, I just don't know. 
That's kind of the point they were at. Everything they thought they knew suddenly didn't make sense anymore. This is the point we find them in John chapter 20. And um, we're actually going to read through this passage. So I'm going to start. This is after the crucifixion of Jesus. He's been in the tomb for three days and nothing seems the same anymore. The disciples are really discouraged. They're really disheartened. They just, what was the purpose of it all? Three and a half years of ministry with Jesus. How come he can even raise Lazarus from the dead and and he got crucified and none of it makes sense. And it's day three. Now we're going to pick up in verse 1, chapter 20. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. I want you to think about this. It was still dark. Mary is a brave woman. How many of you would go to a graveyard in the dark? (laughs) You thought about that? (laughs) Oh my goodness. And then she gets there, the stone's been moved, and then, you know, trying to see in a dark cave in the dark, and there's no body. I mean, wouldn't that give you the chills? (laughs) I would be out of there. I wouldn't even go in. I'd just be like, I'm coming back later. I'm sorry. That's how much she loved Jesus. The moment it was the new day that she could get herself down there, she goes. Now she's gone and told Simon, Peter and John that they've taken the Lord away. Peter, I'm in verse 3, Peter therefore went out and the other disciple, and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. You know the other disciple is John, right, the one who's writing this? But I just love that tiny touch of human coming through. By the way, I won the the race. (laughs) Peter and I were running, (laughs) and, and, um, well, I got there first. He just had to add that in. Anyway, I love it. Um, So he gets to the tomb first, and he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying there, yet he did not go in. So he's just standing outside. He can see the shape, but, yeah, there's definitely nobody in there. Verse 6, then Simon Peter came. No, sorry, I'm sure he wasn't that unfit. Uh, following him and went into the tomb and he saw the linen cloth lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head not lying with the linen cloth but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. Now, isn't that funny? Jesus told them he would rise from the dead. 
made had obviously left their mind. They were that discouraged. They didn't even remember that he had said, hey, I'm, I'm going to die, but I'm going to rise again. And, and now they're looking, John sees the empty linen and he believes. It doesn't say if Peter believes at that point. But now Mary comes back in verse 11. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She supposed him to be the gardener and said to him, Sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. Jesus said to her, I can just imagine Mary because that would be me. Like by the moment I realise it's Jesus and he's alive. And he's like, don't cling to me. For I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. I want you to notice how much God is concerned for us when we get into discouragement. Jesus made time to intervene in Mary's situation, in her grief, in her despair, before he even ascended to the Father. He made a detour on the way to the cross, up to heaven for one woman who was weeping. I mean, that's amazing. The disciples just, the other two, Jay, um, Peter and John, they just left a little bit too early. It says in verse 10, they went away again to their homes, but Mary stayed. And if they hadn't waited just that bit longer, they would have seen him too. But here he is, does a detour, hasn't even ascended into heaven yet, on his way there, and he stops to reassure Mary of his promise. How many times have I found God has stopped everything to reassure me of his promise? When I'm feeling assaulted and battered with doubts and discouragements. He sends something, someone, a message, anything to encourage me. He wants to encourage us. So verse 19, then the same day and evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. So again, they've got the doors shut. They're in afraid. They're afraid. They're in fear. They're hiding. Nothing's the way they thought it would be. And in the midst of that, Jesus appears and he brings his peace. In all of their confusion, he brings his peace. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Now, 
I, I often wonder, why was it so hard for them to believe? But I guess it's not every day you see someone get crucified in there in front of you, right? <laughs> that is kind of extraordinary. And it's like, I didn't get much sleep last night. Is that a vision or? So Jesus actually goes here. Have a look. It's me. <laughs> I'm real. And then he says again to them, oh, sorry, then the disciples were glad when they saw him. I often feel like the Bible understates so many things. They were glad when they saw him. <laughs> oh, can you imagine how that room erupted? It's like everybody just trying to talk to Jesus at the same time. Oh, we got these wrong and Peter did it, and well, John And everybody would just be like thrilled. Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. I want to focus on that word there, sent, verse 21. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. That word in the Greek is apostello, sent, apostello, where we get the word apostolic or apostle from. The word actually means to commission, set apart for special service, send a message by someone, send out with a mission to fulfill, equip and dispatch one with the full backing and authority of the sender. So not only did Jesus come in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their discouragement, in the midst of their doubt, he does something. He reminds them of their purpose and he commissions them. He sends them out with the full backing and authority of heaven. He says, as the Father sent me, I also send you. And then he breathes on them. Remember, the first creation began with the breath of God. Let there be light. And God breathed into man the breath of life. And now the second new creation begins with Jesus breathing on them the breath of life. A new creation. Amazing. Amazing. He encourages them. Joshua 1, 8 and 9. I'm just going to read that one for you. Feel free to flip there if you want to. Joshua is standing on the brink of the promised land with an entire generation ready to go in and possess it. Moses has just died and God is giving him instructions how to go in and conquer the land. But three times throughout this passage, he tells him the same thing. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and of good courage. And in verse 8, he says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I love this. Another version says, don't be discouraged. 
The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How do we overcome discouragement and doubt? Firstly, stay in, in the law, in the word. And secondly, remember what he said. He is with us until the end of the age. He will never leave us or forsake us. We encourage ourselves when we remember what God has said to us. Those milestones, those still small voice moments when he's spoken directly to our hearts. We remember that we are empowered and sent out with a purpose. Remember Nehemiah, they tried to discourage him from building the wall. Why? They didn't want God's purpose to come about. Why does the enemy try to discourage us? He doesn't want God's purpose to come about in our lives. In fact, that alone makes me get a little bit of a grip going. You, you're trying to stop God's purpose? Right. Roll up my sleeves if I had some. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Okay, Psalm 42.11. Let's go there. And I'm going to read this one from the New Living Translation. So just let me bring that one up. So, I did have it and I was looking at another scripture. Just bear with me, sorry. 42.11. Okay, it says this. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? These are really good questions to give ourselves sometimes. Hold on a minute. What, what, what am I actually discouraged about? What's making me really down? What, why am I sad? What's going on? I did this the other day. It's up, and I, when I actually stopped and looked at what was bothering me, it was like I was given a new lens to look at it and go, that's pretty small. <laughs> well, really? I'm getting upset about that. I like the rest of this verse. I will put my hope in God. The New King James Version says, hope in God. He's doing a little bit of talk to his own soul here. Hang on a minute. Why am I discouraged? Why am I so Hope in God. I will praise him again. The New King James says, I will yet praise him. My saviour and my God. I did a bond clean yesterday. And when I opened the oven, I meant to actually get the picture up to show you. <laughs> At some point in the past, perhaps a very long time ago, they had cooked something and it had overflowed. And a lot of it had overflowed. And now, it was growing a very nice crop of something. <laughs> I mean, and I went, oh, where's the door again? <laughs> I'm out of here. I was very discouraged. The windows had so many cobwebs you could barely see out them. And and I, I, I rang my husband and I said, 
I don't know where to start. Um, and I said, my, my thought is maybe to work from the, the top down and do I tack the window? Where, where do I start? So he helped me. And then I was just like, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I don't know what to do here. It's so much work and I'm so discouraged and so filthy and, and I'm already feeling like spiders are crawling all over me. And, and he goes, see! Anybody else up there? <laughs> what? So I got my phone out, went it on to Spotify, and put on the liveliest, happiest worship song I could find. One of those really old ones, you know, when you, you know, like the old kind of foot stomping beat, like that, yeah. And, um, and this was the song I picked. I told all my troubles goodbye. <laughs> goodbye to each dear and each Woo! This world where I roam will not be my home. I'm bound for that land in the sky. No spider webs there. <laughs> oh, so good. Well, before you know it, I finished all the cobwebs. Now I'm going to tack the mold on the roof. Oh. Oh, I need a really fast song for this one. <laughs> oh, wow. I will praise him again, my Saviour and my God, because he's still good. And you know what I thought about? It's all about perspective. There are slaves who have to do jobs every day that are disgusting. And they get nothing. I was being paid to do this. Like, there was no reason to be discouraged because my God is with me. Oh, look at Psalm 34 now. Just go back from Psalm 42, back a few bits, Psalm 34. And we're going to go through verses 1 to 8 together. And this one I'm going to write parts up on the board, okay? Verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord sometimes. Who's got it open? What does it say? Who can read it out for me? Did you get the reference? Psalm 34 verse 1. I will bless the Lord Are you sure that's what it says? Yes. At all times. So that means the good, the bad, the ugly. I'm, that stone was ugly. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. His praise will occasionally be in my mouth. No? Okay, most of the time his praise shall be in my mouth. Oh, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh. Is that what you said when you saw this? Not at first, dear. Oh, oh you put it up. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it past the whiteboard. Can you see it? <laughs> his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. You see, I may not always be strong. I may not always be courageous. I may not always be upbeat. I may not always feel on top. But I know one thing. 
I can always boast in God because he is always strong and he is always worthy of my praise. I'm going to boast in him. Look at verse 3. Oh, magnify the problem with me. And the, um, I keep, I don't know, maybe I should put my glasses on, sorry. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. What, is, what does Satan want us to do? He wants us to magnify the problem, doesn't he? Magnify the Lord. Now, do you think we do all this because God is very insecure and needs our praise? <laughs> this is actually for us. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Exalt his name. <sighs> when you're looking at that problem and you say that name, Jesus, did that problem just get smaller? Jesus. Ooh, it shrunk again. Jesus. Whoa. That thing is shrinking by the second. In the name of Jesus. Hey, problem. See you later. Wasn't nice knowing you. <laughs> I sought the Lord and he heard me. Muslims have no verse like this. Buddhists have no verse like this. They seek their God and they never feel heard. But we seek the Lord and he hears and delivered me from a few of my fears. No. And delivered me from all of my fears. They looked to their problem. No. They looked to each other. No. They looked to their government. No. They looked to him. And we're radiant. Do you want to be radiant? Mm. Well, look to him. And their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Verse 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. What's something that might bother us? Yeah, give, someone give me something that bo has bothered them. I don't care how big or little it is. Money? Okay, that's a good one. Don't have enough money. Right. This is what came to me yesterday. Oh, so good. Do you know what God does with our problems? 
It's really simple. Doesn't matter what that sentence is. Every one of them is fixed the same way. Let me show you. Full stop. Mm. But God, God turns our full stop into a journey and he's at the end. This was my problem, but God, there seemed to be no way, but God, I mean, it looked impossible, but God, it doesn't matter what it is. That changes everything. You see, when there is no way, the way maker makes a way. Look where the Red Sea predicament. You know, the, the children of Israel were brought to the Red Sea, Pharaoh's armies, and God just makes a way. How about I part the sea? Who can even comprehend a God like that? Well, What's your issue? Oh, Philip, I need an evangelist to, to catch up with that Ethiopian. And, and then I need someone over in, in Samar- um, with the Samaritans. So no problem. I'll just put you over there. I mean, can you imagine that? Philip was translated. He was in one place at one moment, and then God had him in a completely different city the next. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Philip about that. <laughs> what was it like? Did you feel like you were going fast or did you just blink and then you were there? Like, what? Nothing. Nothing is too hard for our God. And when we begin to praise him, it lifts. Okay. I'm going to finish with... Um, this psalm, Psalm 32, 11. I've just remembered the clock at the back slow. <laughs> I, might, I might like it that way. <laughs> so Psalm 32, 11. Just, just one verse. And I want to finish with this. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Now, This is an exciting verse for me because I'm an outgoing personality. But I can imagine this would be a challenge, maybe for our more conservative and quiet people. But do you know there is a time when it is appropriate to shout? Now, I want you to think about this. Have you ever seen those ads for scratchies like Lotto or something, instant scratchies? And, And the person is one way, then there's suspense. And then what do they do? Oh, wow, they won a thousand dollars, a million dollars. What do they do? They shout for joy, right? Do you know what is the most confusing to the enemy? Is if you are in a predicament and you begin to shout for joy. Huh? But I, but I just threw all this at them. That, what? They sound like they've won. Like they're happy. What we are, you didn't set it up right. Someone's failed here. Right, call in a meeting. Who didn't do their job? Because it sounds to 
they've got victory. Oh, I have. Whether I see it yet or not, I have victory in here. And my shout of joy comes up. Let me encourage you next time you're vacuuming, because it's already noisy. <laughs> the neighbours aren't going to notice if you just go another decibel above and just go, wow, my God, it's so good and so big and so mighty. I mean, you can't stay discouraged when you look at him because wow, just wow. But God, shout for joy or you upright in heart. Would you stand to your feet with me today, please? It's raining. That's like that Holy Spirit breathing. Oh, watering the seed of the word. He's good. He's good. I want to give you an opportunity this morning. Uh, if you just want to close your, your eyes just for a minute, you can focus on what I'm saying. For you online as well. I want to give an opportunity to receive Jesus, to believe on him. We have a God and he's living. Unlike any other religion on earth, they don't have living gods. But we have a God whose tomb is empty. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And he has an incredible love for every person. A love that drove him to the cross. And if you're here today and you want to believe on the Lord Jesus and be saved, that's just how simple it is. The scripture says, call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Trust in the Lord. That's how simple it is. I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning. So Anita, that's me. Today I'm putting my trust in Jesus. Would you just raise your hand? Let me see that hand. I would love to pray with you. That's me. I'm putting my trust in the Lord Jesus. For those of you watching online, I'm speaking to you too. I just want to lead in a simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these people who have today decided to believe in you, to put their trust in you as their saviour, as their king, as their redeemer, the one who can forgive them of their sins and wash them clean. Lord, I thank you for new life. Breathe your Holy Spirit into them, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Just for the rest of you, I'd love to pray over you as well. So, Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you for your goodness. You are good all the time because it's who you are. And, Lord, I thank you for those three little dots that tell us it's not the end of the story. There's a but God at the end. And Lord, we put our trust in you today. Lord, we tell discouragement, there's the door. We're not having you anymore. Doubt, out you go. Because we believe in the Lord. And we're going to be strong and courageous and stand for you. Filled with your spirit, Lord. Because you are worthy of praise and you have given us your word, your promise that you are with us always. You will never leave us or forsake us. Father, empower your people, equip them today, just as you did your early disciples, send them out with the full backing and the full authority of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, let's thank Anita for...